All right. Welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and she is Hannah Hogan. Hello, hello. And we're here with another episode. It is May... 29th. 29th, 2018. No, 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 no May 30th. Is it May 30th? Yeah, because tomorrow's the 31st. Well, that'd make today the 30th. May 30th. So here we are, uh, back at home. Uh, we're off the road. I was gone for about 11 days or so. I was on the road for a long time. Maybe not quite 11 days, but I went home to Alabama. I did all that. We covered that last time. And then I went on down to uh, Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, on this episode, we're, later we're going to talk a little bit about Elon Musk. Yeah, we got a hot episode. we got to give them a little teaser here. And tease them. artificial intelligence. Elon Musk, artificial intelligence. Now, I've been watching a little bit of this stuff for a while because it's not, it's not really conspiracy. It's just more or less something that's going on. And uh, something that people are talking about. But I don't feel like people are talking about it enough. People just get excited that they have a machine that they can go, hey, Alexa, play this song. Like they just get excited about that and not really uh, worried about what the next step of that could be. That's because they're stuck in the matrix. Yeah. So we're trying to talk a little bit about that. But first, uh, we'd like to talk about our weekends. Uh, Mm -hmm. I went down to Tampa, Florida. On down to Side Splitters, uh, worked with John Reap all weekend, who who I am uh, a fan of, as well as we've become friends. We've done several weekends together. We have a similar upbringing, and we did a podcast together. I'll probably be featured on his podcast that he does called Fried, the Fried Podcast, and I have a little clip from that that I'd uh, like to play at the end of this one. Um. But we had a great weekend. Tampa's a great place. The weather was nice. I mean, it rained like off and on the whole time, but the rain would come in and then it would be gone and then the sun would come out. It was great. And the shows, I mean, the shows were like uh, almost sold out all weekend. I mean, even the six o'clock, I headlined a six o'clock show in Side Splitters and even it was almost sold out. I mean, the place was popping. We had a great time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like that club. I like all the people that are in there. BT, Bobby Jewell. Uh, Bobby Jewell sounds like such an old school yeah. comedy club booker. Yeah, Bobby Jewell. Bobby Jewell's the owner. He had me and John over at his house. He bought a new house. We had some some, some steak and some chicken. Some women? Uh, no, nah. <laughs> but we did play a little... We did play. I mean, we did play a little. Uh, it was very tame. It was very tame. There was okay. a little drinking going on. I had a cigar. Uh, you know, it's a good time. Mm. But it was tame. Just boys being boys. Huh? Yeah. There was a giant peacock out there in the neighborhood when we what? pulled up. Apparently, peacocks are just out in Tampa. Tampa has crazy wildlife. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing some chickens in Tampa, like just yeah. l- l- stray chickens. But they got stray peacocks running around. Yeah, they got wild peacocks, and I also saw a giant raccoon in the parking lot of Side Splitters. Apparently, there's that's not that's my second time seeing raccoons out there. Apparently, raccoons just are all over the place down there. I saw a giant possum, lots of lizards. I saw an alligator. Uh, well, I mean, Florida. This is the thing. Florida is just swamp area that's been gentrified as an entire state. Yeah. I mean, Florida wasn't even really settled as a, as a place where people lived until the 1900s. 
Yeah. I mean, people were living there a little bit, but I mean, you never hear about Florida in the Civil War. But I think that is not—that's incorrect. But I just mean to say, Florida is like swamp, yeah, weird area where like lots of different animals just be habitating. Actually, there's a, a real python problem in Florida because people had pythons as pets, and then when they got too big, they'd let them go. And the God, python Americans are so weird. Well, the python—we well, don't know who did it. We don't know who let them go. Uh, and these pythons are um, – yeah, they don't have a natural predator in Florida. So they are top of the food chain, and they mate – they breed so fast, and they can – there's pictures of pythons eating alligators. There's pictures of pythons eating deer um, and uh, – yeah. so uh, – yeah, so these uh, – uh, these python, they don't have uh, a predator, so they have these hunting expeditions where you can just go out and kill snakes. And they just want you to go out and kill the snakes. Yeah. Because they need them dead because they're taken over. Yeah. Because it's like the rainforest in Florida, but without a real predator for the pythons. Yeah, I mean, Florida's a scary place. Scary stuff down yeah, there. Yeah, it gets, it gets really jungly down Brett, there. Brett Turhune. The people uh, take on their own kind of ecosystem, too. They're but, just tanning and... Yeah, Br- stripping and drinking and Brent laundering Terhune. money and yeah, Brent Turhune from uh, Indianapolis. He had a nice little video about uh, a snake being loose. If you follow him on Instagram, he's very funny. I'm sure I don't. He's very funny. All right. Well, what about your weekend? Um, well, I had a very interesting week, uh, comedy wise. I went to the Star Dome in Birmingham, Alabama, during the week uh, Tuesday through Wednesday. I was there. And uh, it is a, I don't know if to, to say it's a black club, like a, what makes something a black, but it's like a, a very large, I think it's one of the largest comedy clubs in the yeah, country. Yeah, it's a big club, a big club, and a lot of black people go there and watch comedy. It's a big club, and it's predominantly, uh, or at least it has been in my experience, a black crowd. And, uh, you know, your girl isn't out there performing in front of a lot of uh, black crowds. It's usually uh, white or mixed um, more likely mixed, uh, uh, living in the South, but, uh, it was, uh, a lot of, a, a large black, black crowd. So I was really nervous because I had done that a year ago and I did okay. And, uh, I mean, I thought, oh, well, you know, a year later, I'm going to be a better comedian, but this is maybe I'm just not going to be able to connect. But, uh, so I was not looking forward to it, but I went in there and I had a great time. I don't know what happened. I, I, I just I just went and did the shows and I had a great time and I got all animated and I, you know I I just the Stardome is 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 surprising like that because I feel like that always I'm a little worried going in mm-hmm. but I always leave uh, happy with the shows. Yeah, I mean I really sort of was preparing myself for uh, just disappointment, you know, going back to my hotel room thinking maybe I'll quit comedy, you know, become a paralegal. That's how I like to prepare for every weekend of comedy. Yeah. Um, prepare for the worst. Yeah, exactly. So, but it went well and I felt really good about it. I worked with this guy named BT Kinsley and, uh, he was really nice. He was really funny. He was cool. Um, we had another guy, we had a host for the first two nights um, this guy named Terry, who's originally from Birmingham, but now lives in Brooklyn. So he was real cool. So, you know, I was working with guys that were like my age, you know, so it, 
it felt like we were in the same, uh, you know, zone. And it's had a really positive experience in Stardome. So shout out to the Stardome and, and Bruce. Uh, thanks for having me. I had a good time, and thanks to everybody that came out to the show and uh, enjoyed the show. And then, yeah, I. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to start on a lot. I just want to yeah. say, I mean, it's like I, I knew a few of my hipster comic friends that had bombed there in the past. Yeah, and so I, I just that is what's in my head all the time. I, the, I'm told that there used to be a different layout that they they remodeled recently and it's different now. But the way it was before, there was like an orchestra pit down there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it, I don't know that it would be a really hard room. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my hipster friends have bombed there and people that I know that are really good comics have bombed in the stardom. So it just, it makes you live in fear of the stardom. So then when yeah. you go down there, you're just like, and then it's just the way that it's shaped. It's just like a bowl and you're just like, it's like the, the back row of people are higher than you are on the stage. And it's very intimidating. It's a huge stage, and you just think – I mean, because if people – I've never had anybody be rude to me. At, like, I've never had anybody be rude to me at the Stardom, but they uh, they have no problem being quiet if they don't think your joke's funny. I mean, it can get deathly silent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, last year when I was there, I just <laughs> – I just remember, like, doing a joke, and one lady be like – like I kept hearing like right exactly <laughs> so like oh man exactly but but what what they do down there in bringing in so many people Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday night is amazing yeah so you know shout out to the stardom yeah shout out to the stardom and uh, you know this is the remarkable thing about you know the current state of the shows that I'm doing is like I'll do you know a predominantly black room one half of the week and then I turned around and went to Chattanooga Tennessee and I did pretty much the opposite of that I went to a uh, all women comedy show I was on an all girls comedy show in Chattanooga and it was I didn't know it until I got there but I think it was like a lesbian bar there was a lot of boobs on the walls and stuff like that I think it may have been like a gay And and the show is called once a month. The show's called Once a Month. It's a and girl, it's an all-girl show. It's like all... I just said that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just said that. Um, don't, and, don't correct me on air. Well, I mean, listen to me when I talk. Uh, but, uh, and uh, it, there was a lot of lesbians in the audience. Now, they might just be women that like to have short hair and uh, cutoffs. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I thought, oh, cool, fun. You know, because, I mean, I look at an audience like mostly women, young women, hipsters, lesbians. I'm like, all right, this is, they want to support women. This is great. You know? So, (laughs) so, but this shows you like I'm out of touch with this crowd because I've just been out here doing, you know, mainstream comedy clubs, you know, deep South, whatever. So I went up there in Chattanooga and I did uh, my joke that I have right now about how I used to be gay, but I'm not gay anymore. Which has been a real hit for me. You know, I've been doing it around, and it's been real fun, and I've been enjoying it. And uh, a, a, a lady, a lady, a large lady, uh, started to heckle me in my joke, and I was super confused because she was sitting right in the front row. 
And she's like, I'm gay. I'm gay. And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> like, and she's just like, uh, I have a part in my joke where I go, I definitely believe there's gay people. And then the next thing I say is, and I definitely believe there's straight people, you know, and it goes to a punchline. Uh, but the second I said, I definitely believe there's gay people, the audience started to freak out on me and yell at me like, of course there's gay, we're gay. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I just think that I don't think that you're out of touch. Um, I think, well, it made me feel out of touch. This is what I think. I I think you probably in, you're in Chattanooga, Tennessee in a lesbian bar and they're probably uh maybe are a bit more sensitive in that particular yeah and it really i mean it threw me off for a second because i was like wait what are they upset about like what uh, and i even said on stage as she was just kind of heckling me she's like i'm gay and gay people are awesome and i'm like yeah this is like are you listening to what i'm saying i'm just saying i'm not gay wait and i said wait are you mad at me because i'm not gay like are you mad at me because i'm straight like i don't understand what the problem is and it got real awkward and i was like oh man because here's the thing about this is my experience like with a lot of like all girls comedy shows it's very supportive rooms you know it's women supporting women and it's like you know, we're all here having a good time. So the show was going well. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's having a great time. And then I'm up there making things awkward the first three minutes of my set. And I'm like, am I about to bomb on this show that should just be like a rolling out the red carpet for me right now? And uh, and I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. Um, but I recovered. I basically said, you know, does it help that I'm Canadian? And then that somehow relieved it. And I And I recovered, but I felt so weird. And I just thought... God, like, how is it that I had an easier time in front of, like, you know, black people, basically, than, uh, like, white hipster ladies, which should be, you know. This is a thought. I mean, because sometimes this is what happens to me. I feel like sometimes if I get too cocky and I'm like, this is going to be fine, that's when my shows are the worst. So I think that, you know, maybe that's just it. You you were nervous about doing a predominantly black room. And so you prepared better and then you were doing this all women show lesbian bar and you thought, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. So you didn't prepare as well. Well, it's, it's not that I didn't prepare. I think if I'm being honest is I haven't done that joke about gay and not being gay anymore in front of a gay crowd. I've only done it in front of, you know, a, a predominantly straight crowd probably yeah. conservative leaning but this is this who is are happy to hear that i'm not gay this is what i'm saying if you're if you're doing like even me like if i'm doing a room and it's super redneck right and i feel like that the people are you know especially if they're into me and i feel like that they are a little more rednecky i have a line where I, in my trailer park joke where i say no trash in this ditch unless it's white trash you know and and if i have a more redneck room i almost feel bad and i'm like i don't want to do that joke i don't want to call people white yeah yeah but i did want to say thanks to uh, grace holtz and natasha um for having me on their show once a month i did have a great time uh thankfully i was able to recover and not make your whole delightful show uh weird um well apparently the show's been sold out every time it's doing quite well yeah and, um, and, you know, it's great, and they're, they're doing a great job. I also so want to give cool. a shout-out to John J. Murray. That was our host for the weekend at Side Splitters. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Well, shout-outs to everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our weekends. And then this week, uh, I am have no comedy, and it feels great. I got a week off. I don't have to travel. 
The next time I'll be uh, I'll be at Zany's on June seventh, Thursday, June seventh, at Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. Uh, not exactly sure who all be on it, but uh, Rick Roberts has said that he would say he's going to be on the show. So uh, it'll at least be me and Rick Roberts, which that's enough to be a great show in itself. Uh, but maybe uh, we're going to have a few more people on there, so that'll be fun. Uh, and Hannah, where are you headed this weekend? I'm going to Asheville. North Carolina on Saturday night. Okay. Um, and then I'm doing a uh, fundraiser for cystic fibrosis Sunday evening in Charlotte. Which I've done before. Yeah. Great show, great people. Yeah, and all those dates are on my website, Hannah Hogan. So, yeah, so go check Hannah out if you're yeah. out and about. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, look for me hanging out in, you know, uh, some some place here in Nashville, maybe by the pool at my apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, and, all right, so... Uh, Big things happening. Big things happening. Talk about the talk about sensitivity or not sensitivity. Yeah. That's a bad way to enjoy it. But uh, yeah, we just got to be say, careful what you say. Roseanne figured that out real yeah. fast. Roseanne, who who had a major comeback, uh, some controversy, but major comeback, and then she just got signed to a second season. Brought back all of the original cast, a lot of who are not working a lot right now. So a lot of people were were really getting. Yeah, Wendy Cummings needs all the help she can get. <laughs> Well, I mean, Cummings wrote for that show, I think. Yeah, but a lot of the people on that are not getting. I mean, DJ Tanner, for instance. I oh, mean, he, you mean the actors? Yeah, a lot of people have not. They don't. Yeah, they, sure. They, I mean, a TV show, um, you know, gives employment to you know hundreds of people. Right. So there's a lot of people that are that are back to working, and they just got signed for a second season, and then uh, not even necessarily a tweet, but a response to someone else's tweet. Uh, Got taken and uh, by Roseanne, and she has now been uh, fired. The show has been canceled. She's been dropped by her agency, and and it's a big deal. Yeah. And that's that's what happens out there now. You you start you start saying the things that you used to just say at home and putting it out for the world to see, and uh, you get in trouble. And I have no sympathy because uh, you know that lady's been in uh show business for a long time and she should know better you know she should should know better but uh i just want to talk about my own experiences with roseanne i mean in uh 2015 i got to go on uh last comic standing and roseanne was one of the judges and i did my jokes i did my three jokes about fish i did a bad credit joke and then three jokes about fish a wonderful goldfish joke a clownfish joke and a sargasm fish joke all that you can find on my album, Making That Fudge, which is available on iTunes. We're having a good time. Or at DustySlay.com. All right. And the, uh, so I got done with my set. I got laughs. Uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans said uh, that he just didn't find me all that funny. And then Roseanne was like, uh, you had a good beginning, a good ending, but no real middle. And I didn't understand what she meant because uh, I got laughs the whole time. But maybe and, she was on some late night ambient, you know? Yeah, she, she wasn't been. really thinking. So, you know, she hasn't made sense to me for a long time. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, Norm McDonald said this is what he said to me. You ready? This is what I wanted them to air. I never got aired on TV on this show, but this is what I wanted. Norm McDonald said he said material comes and goes, but you have a great voice. I think you have what it takes to be a great comic. That's what Norm Macdonald well, said to me. Canadians get it. And I was like, boom. I was like, please air that. Just air that. Because I think Norm Macdonald was also trying to say, I didn't care for those jokes, but I like you. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And then later, I worked with Roseanne at Zany's. And she had, uh, I think she had like cataracts or something real bad. So she, she was having trouble seeing. Uh, so she had a guy with her, like, you know, basically feeding her, her material. But she was very funny. She had great sets and uh, she was very nice to me. And I liked her a lot. I even got her a picture uh, to sign a picture uh, to autograph to Hannah because me and Hannah were just dating at the time and she was living in Canada. Yeah. So the next time I went to visit her, I took her this autographed picture of Roseanne. Yeah, and then you got laid. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have that picture uh, hanging at our house. So yeah. we're going to have a town hall meeting to see if that picture should come down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to decide, you know. Does it stay up in the guest room? Does it? Do we take it down? We've got it sitting next. It needs to be reprimanded somehow. You know, maybe yeah. we'll just, you know, maybe we'll put it in a closet for a while, make it think about what it's done. Yeah, yeah. But we have it right now. It currently sits next to our uh, Nor- uh, wooden Norwegian flag that we got because we, uh, while in Alabama, uh, me and my mom and Hannah were out on this gazebo uh, next to the Microtel, a gazebo just in the middle of a parking lot, and we were. I was having a cigar. And uh, there was uh, two couples, uh, middle-aged couples uh, from Norway, and they were about drunk. And they spoke good English, but they were a little drunk. They said they had all this uh, booze left over, and they had to drink it because they were flying home the next day. So they were really crushing it out there. And me and Hannah and my mom were all sober. Uh, but we were trying to communicate with each other with a bit of a language barrier, southern accents and a Norwegian accent. Uh, it's kind of tough to understand. I was basically acting as mediator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hannah spoke the most plain English because me and my mom, we both have like we have like I'm like always saying stuff like it's a hot show. You know what I mean? Like that show was popping, and they're like uh, they don't know what popping and hot means in that context. You know, and it's well, I just remember when I lived in Ireland and I worked at a hostel. Uh, people that didn't speak English always told me that Canadians were a million times more easy to understand than Americans. Well, because Americans, we got a real flavor about us. Yeah, you do. Yeah. We make up our own words and things like that. And and the other Americans understand it. But Mm -hmm. uh, so we enjoyed that. We had a great time meeting them. And then after that, that's when I drove down to Tampa. And my car has almost 300,000 miles on it. Quit bragging. It's a 2005 Volvo. Ooh, baby, you're making me hot. It looks really good for how many miles it has on it. Ooh, I bet it drives good. It does drive. drives great. Oh, man. And so I was driving down to Tampa, and then my, my headlight went out. And I was like, well, dang. So I pulled over to AutoZone, bought myself a headlight, replaced the headlight, put it in. About an hour later, check engine light comes on. Never see the check engine light. I was like, oh, no. So I'm like, but I'm like, I pull over. I check it. Nothing seems to be going on. So I'm like, I got three hours to go. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do. We got 300,000 miles, but blows up. We're leaving it on the side of the road. Yeah. You know, you widowed your wife, but, you know, she'll she'll be fine. Just head back <laughs> <Right>. to Canada. <laughs> you know, not a big deal. We had a good run. Uh, and uh, But I made it. And then I went to the Volvo place in Tampa. They, they checked it. They said, not a big deal. They filled up my car with power steering fluid, and they washed my car better than it's been washed in years. Charged me. Zero dollars. I mean, that's a high-class escort service for a car right Yes, there. it is. Yes, that's it a, is. That's a bang for your dollar. Volvo in Tampa is popping. Mm. That's a hot place. Yeah. And Better it, be careful you don't open your trunk, find a python in there just to yeah, mess with you. Yeah, you got to gotta look out for that. So, and then, uh, uh, so, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this Elon Musk thing. You ready to get into that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. To me, I only really hear people that are into conspiracies talk about him, and or rich people. I feel like rich. Like I hear Joe Rogan, just. Like, he's, like, hot for Elon Musk almost. Like, he is just over the moon of this rich guy who gets to basically let all of his wild ideas come into fruition, which I think is just Joe Rogan's dream. And I never really understood who is Elon Musk. Well, according to a video that we just watched, uh, Elon Musk is the founder, one of the founders of PayPal, uh, of SpaceX, which apparently just, you know, it launched that car rocket around the Earth, which... Elon Musk said, you know it's real because it looks so fake, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then he is also the creator of Tesla. Right. Which is the car and that they're working on. That no one but super rich people can afford, right? Oh, yeah. Like That's not like people aren't driving around in Teslas. I actually don't know how much they cost, but I know that it's out of my price range. Right. But I also drive a 2005 car with 300,000 miles on it. Mm, Yeah, we've established that. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, so... Elon Musk is also big into artificial intelligence or AI, and he's all about it. A lot of people liken him to sort of like a Mr. Burns figure in The Simpsons, that eventually Elon Musk will never age. He'll be like chirogenically preserved, and he's sort of the mastermind evil genius that kind of creates all this technology. That's sort of how I think of him. I had not heard that. Yeah, he's kind of like the evil genius. He doesn't look like Mr. Burns at all. Not that he looks like him, but that it's the archetype of this rich guy that's going to do whatever he can to stay alive. Have you ever seen the guy Jacob Rothschild, I think is his name? I think Jacob Rothschild looks exactly like Mr. Burns. Okay. But, But that is to say Elon Musk is this guy that is on the cutting edge of technology and uh, has uh, such a mind that he's, yeah. you know, trying to push forward different things in technology and yeah. genetics. self-driving and, cars, yeah. things like that. And my understanding is that he is leading the charge uh, on creating artificial intelligence while also being the main uh, critic of AI and warning people. You know, apparently uh, Stephen Hawking, Bill Gates have all warned about AI. But Elon Musk, his own words are that artificial intelligence is summoning a demon. Yeah, he said that at a conference in Massachusetts. And then not to be confusing, he went ahead and clarified. He said, you know, like the man with the pentagram and the holy water who thinks he can control the demon. He's like, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, which to me, I mean, Elon Musk warning about the detriments of AI technology is like Rachel Ray being like, don't eat biscuits, it's going to make you fat. It's like, girl, you're the one telling us and showing us how to make these biscuits. You know what you're doing, you're the one making it happen. And Elon Musk is making biscuits that could potentially one day be able to make their own biscuits. Yeah. Biscuits that make better biscuits than we make. Because, you know... In, in some way, he talks about like a genetic interface or cyborg interface where we are part, you know, we are become cyborgs. And in a way, we're, we're already on that right now. Like we have like humans in the 90s and back versus humans right now, uh, we have in our pockets or on our belt, depending on how redneck you are, um, 
we have a phone that we carry around with us. It's not really a phone. It's a computer that you can make calls with. And that is like a separate brain for us. We don't need to know things like we used to need to know them. Mm -hmm. If someone, if you need to know information, you pull out your secondary brain, you type into it, and any information you want comes to you. Yeah. So we're already that way right now. It's just not inside of our bodies. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that, you know, a lot of people think that, I mean, you can look at it in different ways, but I do think that the internet and having the technology in our phone has weakened us. And, it, and it, it, I mean, just in basic ways of travel, instead of having to remember how to get, you know, five miles from your house to a certain location, you just pop it into your phone and it takes you there. And so if you were without your phone all of a sudden, would you know how to get there? Would you remember the streets? I mean, I know a lot of the times I'm traveling with you and I remember a lot of the time I'm in Nashville with you and I know how to get places and you don't yet. You've been here longer than me. And you'd be like, I don't know how to, I don't know what exit it is. I'm like, how do you not know what exit it is? We've been driving, but, but you just yeah, are above I mean, a certain well, line that you, you just yeah. pop it into your phone and it tells you where to go. I mean, I lived in Charleston for 11 years and I was back there recently and I was on another side of town and they had changed up some of the roads. Like they built a new bridge and something like that. And I, and I was like, Oh, let me pull out my phone. And then I thought, no, I know the names of the streets. Why don't I just drive and it'll just work itself out. Yeah. And so the interesting thing about Elon Musk, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say if he meant literally summing a demon or a demon in the metaphorical sense that, you know, a new possession will take over the earth and, you know, change things. Well, he was pretty specific. I mean, when you mention pentagram and holy water type thing, I mean, that is pretty specific, which, but I mean, yes, I mean, the fear is that artificial intelligence could be created. And once it's created, they're afraid that it could be smarter than humans. And that if that happens, then artificial intelligence will be smart enough to create artificial intelligence. And it, once that goes, so far that we won't even be able to keep up. Well, and in fact, the only way for us to uh, coexist with this artificial intelligence is if we put a uh, like a plug in our head to connect ourselves to the AI so that we could essentially right. be car- become part of the system. So we could update ourselves every night. Yeah. And, and, and then eventually, uh, you know, but... Yeah, it's it, basically like the Terminator meets the Matrix. Like it's we're like, basically yeah, going to be like the Matrix is exactly. I mean, that's what's so scary is like they have a plug in the back of their head. Yeah, to plug them into the Matrix. Yeah, and that the only way to survive as a, as a, in a current form as our human is is to, to take that plug right. and, and to live that way. And pe- a lot of people think that's crazy, but it's like that's what's happening right now. And and to me, I just think so many people. We'll just agree with that. They'll be like, yeah, all right. Well, totally. like, as long as I can watch my favorite shows and well, as long as I can get onto my online banking. Well, the rednecks like that for sure. But also, I'll give a fuck. But also, uh, you know, not even the rednecks like that. You you make it seem like it would only be the ignorant people. Okay. But. All right. It'll be like a hipster near Like, yeah, I mean, you just have to accept the singularity. I mean, it's just a part of the world now. And it's like, if you're going to try to resist him, like, what's even the point? Yeah. Like, but like the tech nerds. I don't even have to work anymore. Who cares? But like the, yeah, the tech nerds out there, the people that line up outside of, uh, you know, it's not just ignorant people. These people are, a lot of these people are very intelligent that are into this stuff, but they just have no fear of the technology. 
Yeah. And uh, another thing that I've always been really interested in, and Elon Musk touches on a lot, is uh, designer DNA. And this is happening way, way more now. There's There's currently a documentary on Netflix that I haven't checked out, but the idea of designer DNA, you know, is that you can pick and choose what things you want your baby to, to have and not have. So if your baby, you know, if you, if you're pregnant and you see your baby like is, has certain genetic components of autism or whatever, albinoism or something, you're like, I don't want that. You, you can find that out and stop it. Or you can also basically alter the DNA of the child to make it a certain way. So you're, you're, right. in, so you're all the in rich, a, rich people have the best babies and you're, but you're, and you're, yeah, best babies talk about racism. You want to see what, what happens when you can start to create, um, a humans to your perfect liking. Right. I mean, yeah. Oh, you don't like red hair. It's gone. It's already on the way out. But, you know, officially it's going to be gone once people get a hold of designer DNA. And a lot of biblical people believe that 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 the early times in the Bible, that kind of thing was actually going on. They had figured out a way to genetically alter people. Right. And then so but but let's just say humans don't even get a hold of designer DNA, but say the government gets a hold of it or the Illuminati, you know, whatever you imagine that to be. What if they start to get a hold of basically creating <clears throat> populations of people to like brave fit, new world. Yeah, to to create, yeah, exactly, to create humans how they want them to create. Okay, these are going to be worker humans. All they're going to do is they're not going to be able to think very well. They're just going to work. They're going to do agrarian work. They're going to work the land. They're going to make sure that the soil is good. And then these people, they're going to be more uh, logical thinkers. So they're going to work with the robots to uh, figure out different codes and stuff like that. And then these are going to be really hot women so we can just have sex yeah. with them in dungeons. And people wonder why I don't want to have kids. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... So, I mean, I think that's all kind of stuff that Elon Musk alludes to, and I secretly do think that he, it's not secret, I think he's he's behind all of it, too. I think, yeah. like, the creepiest part about him, you know, warning about it is, like, dude, you probably warned about it because you got some sort of uh, Quasimodo Frankenstein in your little SpaceX right. program just waiting to get out. And also, he can warn and create at the same time, so at the end of the day, he could be the hero. Yeah. He could be like, I created the disaster, but I'm also, I'm the hero. And Why do you think he's making everybody go to Mars? He's like, yeah, we're going to take off to Mars once. And, the, you know. and then they, they also talk about like a lot of this AI is like they have fully autonomous weapons, like weapons, like drones that could act on their own without humans doing anything. But that's already a thing. I don't. I don't know that that is, but... Maybe not fully autonomous, That's but what I mean. I mean, they have drones yeah. for sure, but humans are controlling them. Yeah. This is talking about this is talking about weapons that control themselves. Yeah. You know, something that I was thinking, too, is, you know, psychiatry is a big thing in modern-day society. You know, medicalizing ourselves and going to therapists and talk therapy and all this stuff. I was thinking, you know, eventually we're going to have such a relationship with our computers and our phone that our phone's going to be like, hey, Hannah, this is the second time you've checked your ex-boyfriend's Facebook. Why don't you put it down? Talk to me about, you know, why are you looking at his face? Like something like that, like where our phones are going to actually start to moderate and connect to our internal emotions and that our phone is going to be like our guiding conscience in light of like what's right and what's wrong. Like, like Hannah, you've been to Taco Bell three times this week. <laughs> 
what's wrong, Hannah? Like, you know what I mean? And then I'll be like, well, sorry, you know, I just... Our phones will send a message to uh, the doctor, and then a prescription will show up at our door. Take this pill. I mean, exactly. It (laughs) would be something like that. Like, they'll just, like, kind of read our biometrics and be like, oh, your uh, white blood cells are low. Oh, looks here, like, you got a lump here. And then you immediately have, like, been diagnosed in cancer just sitting from your sofa. And then the Amazon drone just shows up at the door and knocks until you open it. It's like, I know you're home yeah probably has a key to the door yeah you don't even know what's wrong with you you're just you're just garbling pills trusting your phone because it already is like five steps ahead of your consciousness yeah and then they have this uh humanoid robot named sophia uh which is said on it could be just a remote control uh robot but seems very realistic and she always is threatening to destroy humans and then everyone laughs <laughs> but it's uh it's pretty crazy i mean sophia is an ancient kind of uh gnostic uh type uh being i mean they 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 some you mean pe- the name derives from yeah sophia means wisdom and uh so people you know there's some old gnosticism uh, religion stuff based around the name Sophia. It has various different things. Some people say like the bride of Christ. Some people say the Holy Spirit. Some people even said like the mother of God type thing Sophia mm-hmm. is. And uh, so very creepy that they would name the first robot, the robot that became uh, a citizen of Saudi Arabia, by the way, the first uh, robot to ever become a citizen is Sophia. And, um, and then they're also, on the whole flip side, there are these sex robots now. Yeah. Very attractive. I mean, they, they look fake, but very attractive. What? <laughs> sex robots, right? And I just think, where is that going to go? Like, remember the movie? Probably I never in the butt, you know? I never saw the movie, but what's that movie uh, where the guy falls in love with his, his phone? Her. Her. Yeah, I mean, if that's happening already with a phone, imagine what's going to happen when these humanoid... Honestly, if it could make guys stop raping women and, you know, alleviate these insoles that are shooting up women because we won't have sex with them, great. But it... it Get, do- give them the sex robots. But I, I Send them down to their mom's basement. But I don't... Let I don't, them do their thing. But that... Yeah, I mean, that's people's thinking, but that's not reality. You don't... People that are sick aren't just cured by the incels people. I mean, their problem is not that they can't have sex with a woman because all you got to do is just get your act together. Be clean yourself up, get a job, brush your teeth, be nice to a woman. You'll eventually find a woman that would like to sleep with you. Or in the very least, you know, invest in some date rape drugs, you know, get a little creative with it. If you're going to do something like that, you know, mix it up. All I'm saying is this incel thing is, you you can't cure sickness by just giving something to put your penis inside of. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't have a penis. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I mean, but people, you know. Not yet anyway. With any addiction, like if people are like, oh, I really want cocaine, I really want cocaine, right? And you get Give them some cocaine. They don't do it and go, good, I'm great. I'll never need to do that again. Well, then what wh- what is a sex robot's purpose? You don't think that there's a market for sex robots? Oh, I, no. I think that there there's is. There's a market, but you're not going to cure the sickness right. by giving it something to, to have sex with. Right. Okay. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you on that. Because people need love. 
I yeah. mean, people need love, human companionship. They need hugs. They need affection. They need touching. I mean, you, people just want to bang all the time. But at the end of the day, they need real human affection. Yeah. And you're not going to get that from sex robots. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think... I mean, what we need is marriages. We need people to get married to each other and, uh, you know... But that is not a adage that is currently popular or being pushed in the current zeitgeist. You know, whatever it is, you know, you bring the marriage together, you have real human affection, you have love that grows, and you be nice to people. Yeah, but you know... That's an old school way of thinking. A lot of people that are cool or popular in Hollywood are like, yeah, no, love is fleeting and humans aren't monogamous. I mean, there's so many books and shows that are trying to say like humans are not monogamous creatures and it's unhealthy to stay with one person. And I mean, it's like no one wants to buy into that anymore. People don't like I, I mean, I agree with marriage. Obviously, I'm married and I've happier than I've ever been with just you and I've been with you longer than anyone. Well, you better say that. <laughs> but I'm what what I'm really trying to say is that that uh thinking about society and where we're at as men and women is not forward thinking. Forward thinking right now seems to be women don't have to get married. You don't no one has to get married. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm monogamy not. is an outdated thing used to control society and the family unit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. So grab yourself a sex robot and but, get yourself a job. But th- but that's, yeah, I mean, but that's what I'm saying is, is is you know, I mean, the sex robots, I mean, that that's going to fulfill, uh, you know, it's going to be like a, a blow-up doll. But, the, I mean, imagine how weird that is, especially if you are really, like, summoning a demon, and then that's what artificial intelligence is. And then you have, like, I've heard about people that ordered, uh, like, a Russian bride, like, mail-order brides, and then they the women end up being really mean to the men. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's what's going to Wow, that's very lifelike. <laughs> that's what's going to happen with the, with, the, uh, with the sex robots. I mean, sex robots are going to be real artificial intelligence, and they're going to be killing the men. <laughs> the men are going to be the slaves. Yeah, that is what it is. I mean, if 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 robots could utilize the mind of women and the psychology of women with robot power, I mean, you're not going to stop it. Women yeah. are very vicious, maniacal, yeah. and emotionally driven creatures. You add some robot technology in that, we're done. We're done. So, we're living in a post-scarcity world yeah. at that point. So the point is we're afraid of artificial intelligence. We're not into it. Don't take the chip. Don't let them insert electronics into your body. Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think what we really need is a spiritual revolution. I've been trying to not no look at question. Facebook and Twitter, you know, at the behest of, you know, my career. That's in quotations. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I don't trust any of it. I don't like the way the Internet affects my mind. I don't like the way it makes me think. I don't like the way it hurts my eyes and my body if I look at it totally. too Totally. Don't be on social media. That being said, you can find me on Facebook at Dusty Slay Comedy. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Dusty Slay. Instagram at Dusty Slay. YouTube at Dusty Slay. And let me tell you about some stuff on YouTube. I have my top five country songs that I haven't been doing, but there's still some fun ones out there that you can check out. But what I do have is a couple of things that I put together. Um, I got four of them 
one of them dating way back where me and Hannah went out to Newport News to do some shows. Another one when I went up to Fargo, North Dakota, worked with A.J. Finney up there. Uh, that video was fun. And then the next one is where me and Hannah went to the Grove and uh, did comedy and then came back. And the latest one is me and Aaron Weber rolling around the Upper Peninsula. So all that's on YouTube. Go on there. Check those out. I got some fun stuff. Um, come to my show on June 7th at Zany's. Uh, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. Hannah, because we're, we're doing nothing but fun. I'm pumping out a lot of new jokes right now. i got some hot stuff going on. Hannah is too. Hannah will be in Asheville this Saturday and Charlotte this Sunday. The Charlotte thing is a charity event, but if you're in Charlotte and you want to go see her, I'm sure we can get you in there to go see her. Yeah, I mean, you know, given what we talked about today, I'm not going to ask you to find me on social media. Why don't you find me? At the store, not to take a Mitch Hedberg joke, but why don't you find me out in the world, yeah. walking down the street, huh? Why don't you talk to me yeah. live? Let's why don't you Why don't you like something I said by telling me to my face, ha ha, Hannah, you're funny. Exactly. LOL, Hannah. But Very good. The charity that she'll be doing, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, actually this charity was responsible for giving a complete lung, lung transplant to a girl and I can't think of her name right now. I apologize, but she did comedy at the event that I did last year with them. So it's a great organization. So if you're if you're in Charlotte, just go pay the money and support it. Absolutely. Please do come to that show. And uh, and then now I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play uh, just the the ending of uh, me and John Reap's conversation that we had uh, this weekend. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Anything else, Hannah? Uh, Godspeed. God bless. So, hey, yeah. I'm here with John Reed. Hey, everybody! And, uh, we're on the, we're having a good time. We're at, you know what? We are having a good yeah. time. We're having a great time. Yeah. You ever, you ever think about going great, like, a like maybe as a, something in a stand-up, like we're having a good time, and at the end, like, you know what? I think I had a great time. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's a one-up. That could be, like, uh, like Tony <laughs> the Tiger there at the end. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. great. We're having a great time. Yeah. Okay. I like to, lately I've been telling the audience, I like to say, I like to say we're having a good time, because a lot of comics will come out and say, are we having a good no, time? No, you're, you're telling them. Yeah, I'm like, I can't risk it. There's no room for a question. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm informing you. Yeah. You're having a yeah. great time. It's like a first date. Yeah. We're, uh, I like that. Yeah. I love it. So, um, yeah, I mean, as I was, I was saying that, uh, you know, 2008 is when I started doing comedy. I right. was listening to uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. That's the first time I ever heard you. Wow. And uh, yeah. I, I was immediately a fan. Blue Collar Comedy Channel? Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. They had another one called Raw Dog for a while that they, they played it on, but uh, mostly Blue Collar. Yeah. Yeah. I had the first album, John Reed Blesses Heart. And so I had a whole run about Southern sayings and phrases and that kind of stuff, and that was like yeah. a callback that I kept using. So yeah. I just named the whole thing that. And it, uh, and as far as I know, you're the original bless your heart guy. I know you're not claiming that, but yeah. as far as I know, you are. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, I did it the best. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and you, um, um, uh, so I, I had said that I first time I saw you uh, on TV, yeah. 2008, right? And you did a joke. Uh, it's just a just a throwaway joke, really, yeah. that I had been doing as a throwaway joke. That's so funny. And I was so bummed, but still excited. <laughs> Great minds think alike yes. is how I'm looking at that. Well, and that's what I'm. That's what I want to say is like yeah. I think that you know, hearing your stories, uh-huh. it's like we. I feel like we have very similar lives. Growing right, up. right. I mean, your dad had a pool. That's a famous story that you tell. My dad also had a pool. Oh, I mean, we would do things like that. My dad used to. 
uh, make me go under the house. He would run telephone oh, lines yeah. to every room in the house. He had a telephone in every room. Okay. So he would he would drill a hole in the floor, right. run a line through. I would go under the house yep. in a crawl space. On your hands and knees, and, doing that little belly crawl. Yeah, and then my dad would tap on the floor, and then he would drill. Uh-huh. And sometimes the drill would come right <laughs> next to my head. It's like a bad magi- magician yeah. with a saw. Yeah, and I just <laughs> feel like... to the bottom. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like that I, my, my dads are, are very similar. And uh, Yeah, how old is your dad? He was born in 1947. He's 70. Oh, I bet our dads would be good friends. Yeah. Like, they're similar in age. Probably have the same mentality. Hard-working, blue-collar guys. Yeah. uh, With good sense of humors. Yeah. uh, We should get them together sometime for a podcast. I think it'd be interesting. Oh, that would be fun. It'd be hilarious. Maybe on a phone call. Yeah. Like a Facebook, Skype thing. That would be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I'm serious. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. And then there was something else that we just discovered. Oh, that's... Snipe hunting. Snipe hunting. Is that what you said? Snipe hunting. And then there was... Uh, uh, I used to work at Western Sizzlin, and then there was yeah. something that... Then, but well, there was a Western Steer. We yeah. had the metal plates that went at the Sizzlin. Come out Sizzlin. Yeah. It's a baked potato. Never really... It took me a while to like baked potatoes. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I, I wasn't immediately into them. Into them no. And potatoes in general. Yeah. Like, I didn't like mashed potatoes. I thought they were gross. To yeah. me, that was like baby food. Someone spilled on your plate and said, here, eat it. You know. My stepmom used to put mayonnaise oh. in mashed potato, and I hate mayonnaise. Do you really? Yeah, I hate mayonnaise. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't know that. And my, it really disappoints my dad. It's actually, <laughs> I just got a little disappointed. Yeah, my dad is more disappointed that I don't like mayonnaise than <laughs> that I didn't go to college, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're not an Alabama fan or an Auburn yeah, fan? Right, I can't stick to my guns. I'm a traitor. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. a, I'm a uh, what do they call it, a bandwagon guy. Uh-huh. I'm not a bandwagon guy. No, I just you just like, like what you like. I want Alabama teams to win everything. Okay. You know? That's good. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. Whoever's from there. Yeah, Alabama, we don't have... You don't have to... (laughs) Right. We don't have any pro teams. No, you got Nick Saban. We got Nick Saban, (laughs) and that's what we have. That's about it. And Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there was that one thing that we just discovered that was something that we had... Was it about Dad? I don't know. Okay, what do you think it was? It's probably on the other podcast. Was it a Snipes? We talked about Snipes. You said Western... We talked Chick-fil-A for a minute. Chick-fil-A. We talked I'm thinking of like donuts, food because you went Western steroids. I feel like it was all before that. Before the food. Uh, Probably dad related then. Maybe. Was maybe. it stand-up? The bagel? Because I, I, you were saying, I, yeah. I come out and said, I know what you're all thinking. And that's what you you said that as well. And you're bummed when you heard me say it. I'll find it. I'm trying I'll, to help. I'll find it. I'll <laughs> edit it into here. Uh, Dusty gave me one of his shirts too. I'm very yeah. happy. I'm going to be sporting this on stage tonight. We're basically, I'm doing this to make... Uh, help, help, yeah. hope to sell some shirts, right? And also make uh, our buddy Brent Blakeney a little jealous, yes, because he exactly. likes to wear uh, the comedian shirts exactly. too on stage. Yeah, it's a smart thing to do. But but this is what uh, for me. So when we worked together the first time in uh, Zanies, yes, um, I I was so pumped because I was a fan. Yeah, and then I felt like we really related so well. Yeah, that I felt like that if I were still drinking, uh-huh. we would have been in some real trouble. Oh, I know we would. I mean, I know. I, it's probably a good thing that you're not. Yeah, I mean, I love to drink. And I, you notice I'm not trying to tempt you at all. Right. Like, you right. know, part of me wants to just go, come on, man. Yeah. But, but well, you've made a commitment. I ain't gonna, I'm not well, gonna be that guy. I know what's gonna happen <laughs> if I start drinking again. And, yeah. And, and, but, uh, I, mean, I try to, like, 
I've been trying to clean up a little bit. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm a pre-show beverage. I like to get the energy going with a little yeah. sugar-free Red Bull, watching the carbs. Yeah. Cutting corners. I've been, been working out. You look I, great. I've been work. Thank you. I've been working out, and uh, so I get the the energy with the Red Bull, and then I do that little vodka, take the edge off, and because I, I want to remind myself, hey man, I am having a good time. Yeah. And yeah. This is my job. I get to have fun. Right. And so problem is, keep having fun till two a.m. or three in the morning. And so right. that's when you got. Yeah. I start pumping the brakes. Right. So I've been dabbling in pumping the brakes a little bit. Okay. So I went to the doctor and he's like, eh, well, you know, I, I told him everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's smart yeah. to do. Just like, right. Right. here's my problem, all right? Yeah. Uh, lots of drinking and lots of bad eating, okay? And very little exercise. He goes, well, you got the high fecta. That's high cholesterol, high blood pressure, high triglycerides. Mm. And he goes, well, you need to fix that or you're going to be around much longer. So yeah. I'm like, well, that motivated me. So I'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit, yeah. not too much. I don't want to. I don't ever want to totally quit because I feel like that's just such a, such a hardcore stance. Like never is right. scary to me. And also, people treat you different. Uh, yeah. Because they're like, oh, you don't. They're like, people will be like, you want to go have a beer? And I'm like, oh, I don't drink. And they're like, ah, uh, kind of don't even want to yeah. hang out. I don't want to be with. I don't want to be with him. Yeah. Actually, a club owner. Uh, did that to me uh, <laughs> indirectly, but I, I was yeah. like, I get it. Yeah. But he was like, "You want to go have a beer?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't drink, but I'll go out there with you." And he yeah. was kind of like, uh, "He it just made fun for me." You he, sit yeah. there judging me. He didn't say <laughs> anything, but he didn't pursue right. going out and having yeah. a beer. That's the thing. I remember because uh, I've taken months off before. You yeah. Know? And it's uh, people who want to drink. Yeah. They want to be with other people who aren't drinking. Yeah. Because it makes them feel bad. Right. Like, they don't want to like, hang out with a person that's going to remember everything. Uh, <laughs> right, that might be something to it as well. But yeah, trying to get healthy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's funny that that motivated you to exercise because my dad, uh, he went to the doctor and they said that. They were like, here's a pill for your high blood pressure, here's a pill for your cholesterol, and you need to get some exercise. He goes, uh -huh. come on, you don't got another pill I can take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's an exercise pill? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. just called cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's good. I just want to get you... Get you on there, and I, yeah. I appreciate you. Well, uh, well if there's something else. I'm trying to think of something else I wanted to say. I mean, we talked about the Chick Fil A. This is fun. We're actually trying to brainstorm that one thing. I know yeah. there's something dangling in the because right it was now. something that I said that you were like, "Oh, me too. I did that too." And was it, it was dad. Uh, what was it? Oh, wait. What, okay, you worked at a Western Studio. God dang it! Now, I joined, now I know what you're saying. Yeah, I lived in a I lived in a trailer. I I, I joined a me. Two. Join the Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it? I joined the army. I. Well, I had a guy. Um, so I was big in the church right when I grew up. Yeah. Like uh, West Hickory Baptist. So yeah. I went. My my mom and dad very religious. I went twice on Sundays and Wednesday night supper. Wow. And so that basically I had a whole separate group of friends that was just church friends. Yeah. But uh, you know. That, that was like a social thing for me. Yeah. So um, I remember, uh, God, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> I remember one Wednesday night supper when I was just starting out doing stand-up, right? Just dabbling. And they were all sitting around the table, my dad and Sunday school class and everybody. And somebody goes, uh, hey, uh, David, what do you think about your son uh, doing stand-up comedy, huh? He goes, yeah, yeah, well, you know, I got two boys, and uh, <laughs> one of them is a comedian. And he's a ball to be around, and uh, well, my other son has a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to turn it around. I go, well, you saying Jason's not fun to be around? 
But, uh, yeah, I, I, get it, I get it all from him. I yeah. forgot where I was going with that. So. Well, I think for my family, I didn't really start, you know, doing comedy until I was in my 30s. And I think by that, like, I was doing it, yeah. but it wasn't full-time until I was in my yeah. 30s. So right, I think, right. And there was no job for me to give up. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I mean, I quit being a pesticide salesman. But That's right, yeah. I didn't, like, quit being a lawyer <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or a doctor. Yeah, you quit selling uh, poison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You have a funny joke about that, which I really yeah. like when yeah. you say, uh, uh, I want to kill these ants, but I don't want to ruin the environment. What do you recommend? <laughs> you said, I shoot. <laughs> I love that. And it gets a huge laugh every time. I just thought it's always funny that people think, like, organic, like, they, they think that there's Oh, yeah, a, organic. They I think there's, fun a, word. there's a pesticide that you can use that will only kill the bad insects. Right? It's like, no, you're going to yeah. kill them all. Yeah, yeah. You're going right. to kill all these things. Yeah, this does not discriminate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, well, uh, well I, I want to tell your listeners, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Good to meet you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, you can find me at johnreeb.com and uh, all over the interwebs. Yeah, go check him out. Yeah. Very funny. All right. Thanks, Thank buddy. You.